The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Let's go! Get up close and personal with some of your favorite male porn stars on One on One with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, one-on-one showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular male performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to One-on-One with Poppy Chulo. Today is Saturday, May 27th, 2023. Listeners, please welcome adult star on the rise, the greatest Asian cock in the universe, (laughs) James Bay. I love that. Welcome to the show, James. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Hey, thanks, Poppy Chula, having me on. Appreciate it. Of course. It is great to have you on. You've been doing some fantastic work. I'm super excited to get the chance to pick your brain about your experiences in the business. So so thank you for coming on. This is going to be awesome. And typically, I like to start these interviews off by getting some unique stats out the way. What's your height and weight? Sure. Uh, I am 5'8". Uh, right now, my current weight is 150 pounds. What's your ethnic background? I am Chinese, Vietnamese, and French. What's your zodiac sign? I am a Pisces. And how old are you? 35. All right, let's get to know a little bit about the man behind the performer. Where are you originally from? So I was actually born and raised near Los Angeles, California, um, in the city of Downey. If uh, you're not too familiar with Downey or where that is, it's in the middle of Los Angeles and Orange County. Um, I always like to tell people that are, you know, not familiar with the city if they're familiar with the Tapatio hot sauce. Um, and they usually are familiar with it, but that's where it actually originates from is, is the city of Downey. So, um, born and raised there is a heavy Hispanic population. I believe it's uh, 90, 95% plus, and uh, all the other ethnic groups are within the 5% range. So I uh, grew up in a big Hispanic community. Um, a lot of my friends are Hispanic. Um, but, yeah, I grew up in Downey, so born and raised in Chinatown, or born in Chinatown um, in L.A., you sort of started to go into it a little bit, so I want to pick your brain a little bit more about it. What was life like growing up for you? What was young James Bang like? Oh, young James Bang. So I was really nerdy. <laughs> um, I, you know, my parents growing up were really traditional, very strict. Um, they didn't let me out of the house very much. Um, you know, my my activities were were kind of limited to you know going to school. Um, during, you know, Monday through Friday, and then I had to go to uh, Chinese school, actually, every weekend um, from, you know, when I was in fourth grade all the way up to eighth grade. Um, And I was, you know, I was going to school on the weekends on Saturday and Sunday mornings um, to learn Mandarin, Um, you know, obviously a traditional uh, Chinese language. and I did that for quite some time, but my parents were type the type of people that didn't really let me go out of the house a lot. Um, they're really strict, like I had mentioned. Um, I was very introverted. I was very into playing video games on the computer. Um, 
And that's actually kind of how I started watching a lot of porn because I was, you know, I was always at home because I didn't really have a lot of friends outside of um, always going to school and, you know, just that basic human interaction is not something that I was used to growing up. So, um, you know, I've watched a lot of porn, a lot of Team Skeet, a lot of Brazzers, a lot of Cherry Pimps, um, a lot of the stuff that you see on Pornhub. But, um, yeah, that's that's kind of how... Uh, what sparked my interest, you know, at a, at a pretty young age um, for me. That's fascinating to hear. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to get into, well, I guess let's start getting into it. What was going on with sure. your life prior to entering the adult industry? Yeah, so um, I graduated from Cal State Fortin with a degree in finance. Uh, I think that was in 2010. Graduated uh high school 2006, so there was no breaks in between. Um, again, like I had mentioned, I had very strict parents. I kind of got the degree for them. Uh, typical Asian degree is, is something I like to say, you know, I definitely, I didn't want to be a doctor. I didn't want to be a lawyer. Um, so I figured I'd pick something in math because, you know, I'm, I'm kind of good at math. So that was kind of like my go-to. Um, uh, after, after I actually graduated, I went into medical device sales just because I was pretty good with talking to people, you know, at, at, a, at an older age, not when I was younger, but um, I was pretty social, um, getting along with people really easily, and, you know, I'm easy to talk to, and I, I think I would love to believe that I'm a, a great communicator, too, so um, after college, I, you know, I didn't want to take any accounting jobs, but I actually went into medical device, pharmaceutical sales, where I went door-to-door, doctor offices, um, I sold, you know, prescription medication for, you know, a couple of corporate companies, a couple of big corporate companies. Um, I sold medical devices that ranged from, you know, $25,000 all the way up to like half a million dollars. I did that for a couple of years. Um, and it wasn't until 29, I was 29 and a half when I did my first scene um, with banana fever. That's crazy, because I mean, in the sense that, I mean, you're working in such an incredibly different field than the adult industry. Yeah, <laughs> you were on such yeah. a different tra- trajectory, but somehow you landed in adult. And uh, what happened was, um, mm-hmm. let's talk about good it. That you mentioned that. Sure. So, um, you know, I, I was in a serious relationship. I was dating a Chinese girl at the time. Um, it was a long-term relationship. It lasted about four and a half years. It was actually the girl of my dreams at the time, and I thought that we were going to get married and have kids and do everything the traditional way, Um, and it ended up not working out, and, you know, we broke up. Um, I was about 25 years old, 26, around the time that we had broken up, dated other girls, never really worked out. Uh, I kept getting hurt, you know, in the dating realm. Um, and you had nothing to do with porn. It was just I never found, found the one, and I never found someone that could fill the void that, that she did. And, um, you know, I did enjoy being single and, you know, dating around and having multiple girls to date after I, you know, got out of that long-term relationship. And it was funny because at that same time that I was dating, you know, and I was trying to get back into the loop, into the relationship loop, um, my best friend actually owned Banana Fever, which is a – um, it's an Asian male talent only website where, you know, they have sex with um, pretty much females that are non-Asian. So black, white, 
Uh, we've had a couple Asians on, on banana fever, um, but it's, it's majority usually an Asian dude with a white female talent. Um, and, you know, my buddy was, was shooting just POV where he didn't show his face. And, you know, all he was doing was just talking dirty in Chinese, and that was kind of the niche. It was just a Chinese guy, you know, interracial porn, um, Chinese guy talking, you know, dirty Chinese to these, these white girls that he was filming. And he did it for a good two years. He asked me to actually be in it um, after the first six months of him launching, and I kind of blew it off because I didn't think it was for me at the time. Um, didn't even think about my dick size, none of that. So um, what happened was he actually hit a plateau uh, after the second year where his subscriber count was not going up and it was actually falling down. And, uh, you know, I had mentioned to him, I think it's falling down because you're doing the same shit. You're just, you know, <laughs> you're literally just, you know, talking in Chinese. There's no face. You know, it's supposed to be, you know, you call it banana fever, but you don't really see the guy's face. So it's not really a, an interracial site if you don't see the guy's face from time to time. Um, so I kind of volunteered myself, and I gave him the idea of me showing face um, in his website. And at the time, uh, this was actually before Leo Weiss and before David Lee had even started in the industry. So this was back, uh, I believe it was, I don't remember what the year was, but I, well, I was 29 and a half when I first started. So that was, you know, uh, I don't know. Six, six years ago? Five and a half. Yeah, yeah. six years ago about. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how I got my first gig. I told him, you know, your your website's falling, falling down, and I think it would be a good idea to, you know, have me be your first Asian male talent that actually shows face. And, you know, after the first scene, my first scene was with Carolina Sweets. Um, it was kind of a no-brainer after we shot. It was just, you know, everyone felt good. I was happy. She told me that my dick was, like, a really good size. I had a nice dick. Um, she was about three years into the industry, so she was she was kind of a veteran at that time when I shot with her. So um, her opinion mattered a lot to me. Um, but that's kind of how I, I first started. You know, you know, my buddy, my buddy's website was, was falling down had me pick up, you know, that scene with Carolina Sweets. The site kind of shot back up slowly. Um, and then we decided to do another scene uh, one month after with Blair. Was it Blair? It was Blair Williams. Blair Williams was my second one. And um, it was crazy because, you know, that second scene, Blair Williams was on a game show where she competed against other female talents. And then they had males and other male talents where they were going against each other. And they had one winner from the female side and one winner from the male side. And she ended up winning that game show. And it was, it was a game show based off of, like, sex skill. And they ran different drills on them. And, you know, it kind of just showed she had a ton of experience. So when I shot with her that second scene, long story short, she gave me a ton of pointers that was, like, after I was done with her, that was the time where it was like, hey, I feel like that was a pretty good training from, from my end because it was only my second scene, right? So that's kind of how that all came about. Let's talk about your mind doing that first scene. Like I know you kind of went over sort of like generalities about the scene and that sort of thing, but I'm wondering yeah. like for you as someone who had been a fan 
who, you know, was watching, you know, all this porn from all these major studios, and this is that or the other, and now you're getting your chance to be a performer yeah. in front of the camera. What was going on in your mind that very first oh, time man. So, that you shot? Yeah, so that's a, that's a great question. So uh, it was, I remember I was very nervous. Um, I didn't kind of know what to expect because, you know, this hot-ass girl is going to come over and I think what we shot was a cream pie scene, um, and basically a hot wire girl coming, you know, to the place, the set location, and you know, you do the scene, you have sex with her, she's gonna suck and fuck you, and then you get to pop in her. So that was that was all a reality um, on that day of, you know, that was gonna happen, right? So I had a lot of nerves in me. I was nervous. I didn't know what to expect. Um, I remember the week of, I prepared, I didn't masturbate or have sex with any other girls for about a week, so I had a, you know, so I would guarantee myself a good cum shot, um, and have a nice thick load, um, for the shoot for her, and just for the viewers too, right, obviously, and I didn't want to, you know, come out with a, with, with a weak pop shot, so I prepped for that, and I remember when, you know, the call time was like 12 p.m., um, her call time, was 10 a.m., but I showed up on set really early just to make sure that, you know, everything was prepared, and I remember it was like 9.45 around that time, and the Uber was literally dropping her off, and I was like, in my head, I was like, oh, my God, I cannot believe this hot-ass girl is really going to fuck me right now, like, for money. I cannot believe this is really going down, um, but it happened. She came out of the Uber, introduced herself. She was super nice, super friendly. Um, but we didn't tell her that, you know, it was my first video ever um, until maybe an hour after we kind of got warmed up on set. They were doing her makeup, and um, we just kind of threw it out in the air that, you know, it was my first video. And she was like, oh, hey, you know, she was pretty cool. She was positive about it. And she was like, oh, hey, you know, by the way, um, you know, you have to start somewhere. So that's, that's good that you're starting with me. And that, that made me really even more excited to do the scene with her. So... That calmed my my nerves down, knowing that she liked me, um, knowing that we got along before the scene had happened. So that's all I really wanted from that day was just to kind of gain experience and to get through it and to see how it was like for the first time, right? So, Absolutely. Prior to this opportunity popping up for you, you know, with your friend and the website and this, that, or the other, had you ever thought about doing porn was that like something that had crossed your mind at a point yeah so yeah so um you know when i was dating and i kept failing i was just i was thinking about my life in my 30s and i just didn't want to fail anymore of, of you know trying to date and try to marry someone you know obviously you know, tr you know the traditional way have a family make my parents proud all that good stuff um I, I didn't see it. I just, it kind of fell into place where at that moment, you know, my friend happened to have the banana fever site and, you know, I kept getting my heart broken and I just didn't want to go through the same exact thing and failures in my thirties, like I said. So, um, I, you know, your question was, have I thought about it? Did I ever think about it? I didn't think about it. It just kind of fell into place. So... And in total, as, as you referenced, just want to get it officially for the record, you've been in the game for about six years. It's interesting because I knew that about you before, you know, I hit the record button and started this interview. But uh, the way that yeah. I titled 
the, um, you know, when I introduced you, I said Adult Star on the Rise. And in essence, you kind of are, even though you've been in the game for six years, you know, you had done all of this work for that one site. But now, over the past year or so, you really have been gaining uh, much more attention in what would be considered the mainstream side of the adult industry. Yeah, so um, I actually joined OCM, um, Professional Modeling Agency, 14 months ago, or 15 months. March, April, May, 15 months ago, I, I signed up right after Valentine's Day uh, last year. So um, I've been about 15 months officially into the mainstream game. But that was actually, so when I was with Banana Fever, I only shot for him, you know, once every month or once every other month. So it wasn't, you know, consistent bookings where it'd be enough for me to actually support myself and do this full time. But after the first month of uh, being with OCM, I knew it was, you know, it was a set deal from all the opportunities that were were coming through. So, um, you know, I definitely am wishing for more work, and I'm hoping to, you know, you know, have more companies notice the work that I've been putting in. So, happy you noticed, man. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. I feel like a lot of people have noticed. So I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. Let's talk about your name in the industry. Let's talk about the name that you chose for yourself as a performer. Yeah. How did you come up with your porn name? So um, without saying my actual real name, I, I actually – so my real name is Jimmy, but I won't say my last name. But I only changed two letters of my real name versus my stage name. And I figured it out actually with the Banana Fever owner during a shabu-shabu, you know, dinner where, you know, you kind of cook your own food um, in a stewing hot bowl with, like, that's, like, marinated in, in some sort of soup. But we were talking about names, and uh, that name popped up, and we just busted up laughing. Um, and, you know, I, I tried to pick something that was really simple, right, um, with a bang at the, as the last name and then James as the first name. So that's kind of how I came about my, my stage name. It's not very much different from my real name. And it works, though. I think it's a good name. Hey, thanks. Appreciate that. I've, I've heard that from a few people. So that's good You're news. Welcome. That's always good news to hear that. What do you enjoy most about starring in porn scenes? Um, I like the, um, the camaraderie that goes on on set. You know, it's, it's kind of like a family feeling, a family-oriented feeling where it's, you know, a together as one. Everyone's kind of working together cohesively to make sure everyone's, you know, comfortable. You know, the day's running smooth. And, you know, obviously, you know, when those things are aligned, then, you know, you're, you're in line to, to make a damn good scene. So, um, you know, that's, that's what I enjoy the most is, is kind of like, you know, having obviously a new partner to work with, but, um, you know, finishing that scene, you know, having making sure that everyone in the room was happy about my performance um, with with the female talent, um, it it just it, it it's a feeling that no other career or you know any even my personal hobbies or activities it's it's not a feeling that I can get from that. So I would tell you that it's the feeling that you get from before the scene, during the scene, and after the scene. When you're shooting a scene, what turns you on the most and what turns you off the most on set? 
Oh, that's a really great question. So um, what turns me off? I'm not a picky dude. I'm pretty flexible with, with females. Uh, there's always something that I really enjoy about females, whether, you know, when I'm first meeting them, there's always something hot about a girl. Like, I'll, I'll find something that I like. Um, so in terms of, like, physical appearance, I'm okay with, with anything. Um, what I don't like is when a person shows up really negative on set, um, when you're just having a bad day, it's something that I'm not able to control, um, you know, or if, if, you know, they come in and they, you know, they have really big expectations of this, that, and that, and they're just really hard to deal with. Um, someone that's not compromising, um, that's, that's probably it. I'm, I'm a pretty simple person, but what turns me on is, is you know, obviously um, a good personality, someone that's positive that shows up on set, someone that's really gung-ho about their porn and kind of, you know, progressing their, or trying to move their career forward. And you can tell on set who's trying to make it, who's just doing it for a paycheck. Um, but that's, that's what I really like. That's probably the number one thing is when someone is really motivated to, you know, show up on set and try to win an award, whether it's AVN, XRCO, XBiz, I don't know, something, right? Um, but, I mean, in terms of, like, the physical part, you know, I like a heart-shaped face with a female. Um, I just think that's, like, the cutest thing. Um, that's the first thing that I notice. Uh, the second thing is probably someone that has really nice legs, um, really nice thighs. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm not really picky with boobs. I think any type of boob is, is pretty attractive to me. Um, but I am a big butt person, so if you had asked me the question of butt or boobs, I'd probably say butt. So um, does that answer your question? <laughs> it does. And I will say, you know, much like you just stated, that you can tell when someone doesn't want to be there. We as viewers can tell when someone does oh, not yeah. want to be there. So, yeah, you oh, can't yeah, fake for that. Sure, yeah. yeah, yeah, you can't fake that. Not at all. How would you describe your fuck style? How would you describe your style of fucking? So I, you know, I start off a little slow to kind of read um, how how much of the female talent can take, because I do see myself as more of an aggressive, um, I, I like a more more on the aggressive side for male talents. I'm not afraid of slaps. I'm not afraid of spitting. Um, you know, any degrading words. I'm okay with all, all that. All that stuff comes natural for me. So what I do, you know, just to make sure that the female talent feels safe is I start, you know, by talking to them, um, talking about do's and don'ts, what they don't like, um, just to kind of have a conversation with them prior to any sort of like sex or recording happening prior to the scene. Um, but my style has made me kind of feel them out in the beginning after the initial conversation, and then I go into being aggressive. I'm, I'm not spitting and slapping and calling them a whore, like, right within the first two or three seconds. I like to kind of feel it out, and after maybe, like, three or four minutes, then I can kind of get a good gauge, a good, you know, a good read of what that person likes, what that person doesn't like, just from even foreplay. So that's kind of my style. Um, I ease into it, and then I kind of grow as aggressive as I can, as, as aggressive as the female talent can take it. 
Let's break a porn scene down. In a scene, which do you enjoy the most, oral, vag, or anal? Um, probably vag, oral, and then anal would probably be my order. Um, not that I don't like anal. I just haven't had uh, many bookings for that in particular. So um, I, I don't have a lot of experience with that. You know, outside of, outside of like anal sex, I'm not really into the toys. I'll, you know, if the girl wants me to play with them with toys, I'll do it. It's just not really a, a big deal for me. Um, but I'm a simple guy, like I mentioned, probably vagina first and then the oral. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's probably the order. In a scene, do you enjoy being rimmed? Oh, I do. I do. Actually, on the content that I'm making right now, um, there's been a lot more rimming going on from female talent. So it just depends on the female talent. Some, some talents do it and some talents don't. It's just kind of asking the questions if, if they do do it. So, um, but that is something that I, I really, really enjoy. And it's something that a lot of, uh, one thing I noticed is that male talents, it's kind of 50-50. Not everyone does like the rimming. So. In a scene, what's your favorite sexual position, and does it differ from your favorite position off-camera? No, I would say missionary is probably my favorite one. Um, that's that's usually, the, actually, I, my request is to do mission. I love it so much. I know that's the, the position that's going to make me pop. So I actually, you know, if I can, I save that position for the very last position. So, you know, that's that's with mainstream. That's with me creating my own content. And I always let the female talent know in advance, like, hey, that's my favorite position. Like, you know, if, if I have to do it in the beginning, yeah, I'll probably prep for it. You know, probably spray some promescent on my dick just to kind of get it numb um, to, to better prepare for it. But I, I'll do it. It's just if I had a preference of the order, that's probably going to be my last one because that is my favorite one on and off camera. So. And, of course, we know how a scene ends with the pop shot, the cum shot. In a scene, yeah. where is your favorite place to shoot your load? <laughs> so, you know, that's a good question. Um, I, you know, obviously, I love the cream pies, and I have been doing a lot of cream pies on the mainstream and on my content. But the funny thing is that I had a question for myself, and it's, you know, when you ask the girl if she's on birth control, they're always going to say yes or if they're on some sort of IED or some sort of like contraception like to prevent, you know, a pregnancy. Um, but it's crazy because it's just something that you want to ask, but there's no way of validating proof. Like do you stop and say, hey, let me see your prescription or, well, hey, can I see your, um, uh, your medication that you're taking or, oh, where did you put your IED? Like it's, it's kind of an awkward situation to ask. So you kind of have to take the girl's word for it. But, you know, since I've been popping in a lot of girls lately, that's something that I've been asking myself, like, man, there's only, like, three Asian talents here. What if, like, I don't know, for whatever scenario, they really like me, and they tell me, yeah, I'm on birth control, and then they're not, and then you know the rest of the story. So <laughs> that's, that's the, the way I like to pop those, the cream pies. That's probably my favorite. You're too much. A lot of little bangs out there. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I don't know, man. Who knows? Yes. There could be, so... Um, I, I actually was, I, I did a scene yesterday with Kamora Quinn. Um, we did a collab or whatever. And I thought about that after, cause it was a cream pie. And, um, I, you know, after she left, I thought about, I'm like, man, I'm popping in all these girls like this, 
this week alone was probably about six different girls. And, you know, you don't ask for proof or validation. They just say, hey, yeah, I'm on birth control. And you're like, all right, cool. And you don't talk about it, and then you do it. So, yeah, maybe there is a lot of couple bangs out there, little bangs out there. <laughs> yes. You'll find out in about 18 years <laughs> when you get a knock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now it's time for the big question, a question that the fans always seem to enjoy knowing the answer to. How much is yeah. James Bang packing? Oh, I'm nine inches, give or take. Um, my girth, I'm not so sure. I haven't measured that yet. Probably be a good idea to measure it. I know it's not like a enormous girth, but it's a good, healthy size of a girth. But um, a lot of females tell me that either it hurts or it feels good. Um, but they do compliment on specifically the head of my penis is kind of like it sticks out. It's, you know, it's thick, um, it's circular, I'm circumcised. Um, but that's the one thing that they notice is, is the, the head of my dick. So, but I am nine inches, 8.8 inches to be exact. <laughs> Just kind of round up. I like it. I love the exact measurement. Now, we just yeah. talked about the pop shot. So I want to ask you, as a performer, you know, doing scenes in the industry, doing scenes with major companies as well as for yourself and your own content creation, what do you do? Do you do anything in particular to maintain a consistent pop shot for the camera, you know, the, the money shot? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, yeah, so there's a couple of pre-workout supplements that I do take before my workout. And I, I do it before the workout because I know during the workout my testosterone is going to be high. Now, what, what I'm saying is not, has not been scientifically proven, but it, it's something that's helped me. And I, I definitely, if, if I do name drop the vitamins, I would definitely recommend the viewers consult with a physician or a urologist before taking my word for it. Because um, I'm not a doctor, right? So um, some of the some of the uh, uh, the things that I do take for a nice, healthy, thick, white load. Let me actually walk down to my kitchen right now and I'll give you the exact names. There's a couple of things that I take. The first thing that I take is lecithin. Um, it's it's spelled L-E-C-I-T-H-E-N. Um, it's a phospholipid complex. Let me read off the label. I don't know what they do. I've been taking this for so long. I think it has something to do with, like, um, your energy levels um, and keeping the energy consistent. But I take 1,200 milligrams um, total um, each day. So you could take it twice a day. Leslie Thin is the first one that I take. Um, the second thing that I take is L-Arginine. L is in loser, arginine as in A-R-G-I-N-I-N-E. Uh, this one is a nitric oxide precursor. Um, and this one is for, um, it, it, you know, the label says it supports exercise. Um, but if you look at the actual capsule, it's like really thick and white. And I think that has to do with it too, with the white load. Um, and to kind of keep it consistent and thick. And I also take um, 250 milligrams of magnesium. It's an amino acid. Um, this is for, you know, a good heart rate um, to keep you calm, you know, strong bones, strong teeth, overall health. 
sorry, I'm just reading off the labels. <laughs> and so when you take magnesium, you actually want to take it with a zinc. You don't want to just take magnesium by itself. Same thing with zinc. You don't want to take zinc by itself. You want the magnesium as well. So if you're going to plan on take, taking the magnesium, um, which I take 250 milligrams of every day as well, um, I take the zinc, which is a 30 milligram capsule. So those are the four things that I kind of take to help me with that. Obviously, protein helps as well. So I weigh 150 pounds. Every day on average, I try to shoot for maybe 200 to 250 grams um, from breakfast, lunch, and dinner, two snacks in between lunch and dinner, um, one 22-ounce vegan protein shake in the morning, morning, about 15 minutes of me waking up, and then two hours before I go to bed, um, my last meal is another vegan shake, um, and that one's about 12 ounces, so it's kind of like a mini vegan shake. That's just to kind of keep me not hungry throughout the night and keep me kind of slim. Um, but that's kind of what I do for a thick load, just kind of keep it consistent with the protein and the vitamins and the supplements. I love the breakdown. I'm sure somebody was yeah, taking sorry, notes. That was, a, that was a really detailed. <laughs> no, that was good. I'm sure somebody out there was <laughs> listening and taking notes. So, uh, yes, I appreciate that. Yeah, that That's was great. fantastic. Awesome. Let's talk about your work with Cherry Pimps Live. You are featured quite frequently on their live shows. So I want to get your take on what goes into making a good live sex show, a good live uh, uh, web sex show? Yeah, so that's a good question. Yeah, I'm actually scheduled to be back on their set next Friday. They like to, you know, book me once a month, so it's pretty been a pretty consistent booking for me. But that's my favorite one so far, and the reason why is because I've been told um, that I'm pretty good with improv, so, you know, what, how, how the show is formatted is the viewers, the fans, they'll be in a chat box, and they'll literally tell you what position or what move they want to see from the female talent uh, mostly and from the male talent. So different positions, uh, J-O-I, um, you know, suck the thumb, you know, foot play, butt play sometimes, um, you know, sitting on the lap, just simple stuff all the way down to the nitty-gritty. Um, but it's it's been my favorite show so far. Um, but what makes a good show is really paying attention to the chat box and, you know, what the viewers want from that specific scene. So a lot of times talents will go on the show and they'll just have sex from the 40-minute window um, from the beginning all the way to the end. And they kind of forget about the chat box viewers and the purpose of it. And the reason why is because they're having so much fun with the talent. It's still a good show, and still you, know, you can still make a damn good show out of it. You just want to have the main priority is the viewer and the fans inside the chat box and doing what they want you to perform on camera. And you want to do it, you know, in a smooth fashion you know, transitioning from your position from, you know, for example, if someone wanted to see me do, you know, reverse cowgirl and I'm doing a doggy style, I want to be able to read the prompt where it says, um, hey, hey, James, I would love to see you do, um, you know, from go from doggy to, to reverse cowgirl. And then that will give me time 
And then I'll tell the female talent, usually I take the lead and I let the, the female's talent know beforehand as well that I'll kind of tap them and I'll whisper to them. That way we can make a really smooth transition into, you know, the cowgirl and not take away from the pleasure and experience that we're having on set. Because um, it's a lot. You know, there's, there's a saying um, for male talents, it's called pussy drunk. And for female talents, it's called being dick drunk. And what that means is you forget about everyone else and then what's going on on set because you're just fucking and all that, all, that's all you can think about because we're humans, right? That's all we really care about when we're having sex. We're not thinking about other things going on. So a lot of times um, talents go on and, and, and they'll, you know, they'll be pussy and dick drunk and they'll just forget about everything. So for me, I try to stay cognitive. Um, I'm thinking about the fans first. Um, you know, obviously holding my load you know, as, as a number two. And then uh, number three is, is, you know, the pleasure on my end. So I kind of have a format running through my head. Uh, for me, it's a business transaction. I'm trying to have fun, but I'm trying to take it serious, too, and have the fans be the priority, too. You know, I'm, I'm going to get my nut in, but it's, it's kind of like um, I prioritize what the fans want from it. And I think that Cherry Pimps appreciates that and they've noticed from all the shows. Um, so I'm very, very fortunate that, to be back there every month. So, Very nice. What I will say this about you, as someone who has seen a bunch of your scenes, is that you're an incredibly consistent performer. And I'm really loving the fact that the industry is sort of, uh, you know, putting a bit of a spotlight on you. They're They're noticing you. And uh, your star over the past 15 months, you know, is, is continuing to rise. So major props to you for doing what you need to do to keep the industry's eyes on you. Hey, thanks, Poppy. That, that, that actually means a lot coming from a professional like yourself. So really appreciate the kind words, and that definitely helps um, with the momentum. So Exactly. And there is a lot of momentum. Uh, you're welcome for, for the kind words. They're all true words, and, and there is a momentum that's there, which is really exciting to see. We're going to talk a little bit about sort of AAPI representation in the industry in a little bit. So the fact that you are a man of Asian descent that has the industry's eyes on them is really exciting. Yeah, so I'm actually trying to, you know, make it fun, um, the fact that I am Asian. So, you know, for example, my content, um, the way that I word it is, is kind of like, uh, it's different, right? It, I don't know if you've noticed, but um, I try to make light of that. I, I don't try to put anyone down. Um, but I'm not trying too hard to, you know, to lift Asians up. I'm trying to play it cool where, you know, it's funny, it's light, nobody gets upset, but people get it, right? So that's kind of my formulation um, with the content that I make and kind of how I present myself. So I, I try not to take it too serious. <laughs> so far, in the time that you've been in the industry, who have been some of your most favorite performers to work with? Uh, I'm not necessarily oh, looking for like, question. yeah, yeah. I'm not, I just want to I want to give you a little bit of leeway, you know, just in case if you forget anybody. I'm not necessarily looking for like a top ten list, top five, top three, or anything like that. You know, just names that pop into your mind as a favorite scene partners oh yeah so the first one is probably Blair Williams who I mentioned earlier with you know the training 
<laughs> sex training one-on-one when we did our first scene um, for Banana Fever, and she, you know, showed me how to open up to the camera, different positions, um, posture, flexibility, you know, all that good stuff. So that was a really valuable shoot for me. And because of that, um, you know, we, we had a lot of passion for each other, too. When she showed up to the set location, before she said, hey, I'm Blair Williams, she just, you know, literally stuck her tongue in my mouth and we were making out right away. So I knew that day was actually going to be a really good day right after that had happened. And, you know, it, it was it was the informal training, but I learned a lot from that day. So Blair Williams is probably someone that pops out of my head. Um right away. And the second person that's really special to me is Kira Noor. Um, Kira won the Female Performer of the Year at ABM 2023 mm-hmm. for this year. And it's crazy because around Chinese New Year, I think it was like January 23rd of this year, I posted this like stupid lunar Chinese good luck video of me like dancing, doing a solo like naked with a boner. And um, I, I actually met Kira a couple of sets uh, for a couple times that we were on set. We never fucked or anything. Um, it was more of like you, you came on set and for those particular scenes they had you do one position where for me it was eating pussy and then for her it was like dialogue. I don't recall remember exactly, but we had talked a couple of times on set. We were supposed to go to a rave together. It never happened. Um, and this was right before she won the ABN. This was like in December. Um, and then she won the AVN award and, um, we never really spoke after that. I just thought she was such a, like a, you know, a high value performer where it's like, Hey, you better not talk to her. She's too cool for you kind of deal. And after I posted that lunar video, um, the good luck video, she hit me up to, um, to, to do a collab. So, um, after she won the award and, you know, she wanted a collab, that was kind of like a really good time for me because you know she probably noticed all the stuff that I was doing so um, you know we did the collab and we got along really nicely even more so than we did because we fucked obviously so um, those are probably the two that that, are, that come out right off of my head let's work on the power of manifestation who have you not worked with that you would love to do a scene with that's a very good question. Uh, I feel like a lot of my content right now, mainstream and uh, from my own personal content, I don't have many Asians so far. Um, it's not that I don't like to do like to do the videos with just you know Caucasian and you know and black and Mexican whatever. It's it's just the fact that I don't really know that many Asian female performers in the industry. But I would love. I would love, 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 love to do a scene with Kazumi if the opportunity um, came up. And I, I have a feeling she's watching my stuff right now. Um, and the reason why I say this is because I'm on my fourth Instagram right now. My account keeps getting deleted for, you know, cleavage and sex posts. Um, but every time I post a story, she's viewing it. And I, right now I only have 450 followers because it's on a new account. So I know she's paying attention to my stuff. She watches my stories. She's on my Twitter. Um, and she'll throw me a like here and there on Instagram. So um, that's someone that I, I, I definitely want to work with. Just her style and the fact that she can take, like, an aggressive person, I think we would be a good fit together. So 
That's something that, that comes right off the top of my head. Now that, <laughs> yeah, can I just say, <laughs> now that would be a spectacular scene. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm just saying, we'll like, see. hopefully I mean, she's, she's the really power of manifestation. With, uh, yeah, she's really good friends with Kira Norris, so hopefully um, she'll have some kind words to share with her friend, Kazumi, and we, we might be able to work something out. Who knows, that, that could be coming up in the future, so I don't know if I get lucky. And she's nice. I nice love it. Yes, to me. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it. Uh, universe, make it happen. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yes. Are there any individuals in the industry that you look up to? Are there any performers in the industry or BTS people in the industry that inspire you in what you're trying to do, in the mark that you're trying to make for yourself in the industry? Yeah, so... Uh, Two performers come to mind. Um, it, it's a, so when I was watching porn, even before I, I, I even had the opportunity, this was way back, 18, 19 years old, um, I just remember seeing J-Mac all the time. And, you know, I, I follow him and his life. I don't know him, but I follow him. I see his Instagram. He just seems like a happy dude, a nice dude. Um, and, you know, obviously a lot of girls like to work with him because they post pictures and whatnot, but I just feel like he has everything together. You know, he has a good work-life balance where, you know, not only does he have a family, I think he has a little girl, a daughter, um, but he's also one of the top performers, and he's a multi-nominated, uh, and, you know, he wins a bunch of awards within the porn realm, so that's someone that I look up to. Another person that I actually look up to is Bruno. Um, I like his, his aggressive style. Um, I like the content that he actually makes. I've seen a couple of him, like an alley on the street, um, public car sex. I've only had one public car sex scene. Um, but I just like his style and kind of like the darkness that, that you feel watching his content. So um, when I'm making a scene, I feel like I'm a little bit of both of them. I try to kind of incorporate both of them because that's what I'm comfortable with. Um, you know, being the nice guy and then transitioning into, like, someone a little darker, like Bruno. So those are probably the two that come to mind. What I want to do now is uh, shift the tone a little bit of the interview and get into some serious issues about the industry. And the first question that I have for you is, are there any misconceptions or myths about porn stars that you would like to dispel? Um, yeah, they, there's one that I've been hearing. This is like, a, this is one from the haters. And I, I know this because I have people from my high school thinking that I do gay porn. Um, but I only do straight porn. And the, the misconception is if you do straight porn, you're going to have to do some sort of gay porn to get into it or to sustain the work. Um, but I, I don't know. I did, that's, that's a huge misconception because I've never done any gay stuff. I'm not into men. I'm only into, you know, females. Um, and I, I just hear that a lot from, you know, the haters that I went to high school with specifically. Um, that, that's a huge misconception, I would say, you know, having to affiliate yourself with gay porn when you're doing just straight porn as a male talent. So... That's probably the biggest one that comes to mind. Um, the second thing is, uh, 
everyone thinks that uh, the dating life is, is, is you know, is, is even better now. I'm going to be honest with you, the only girls that date me are probably the girls in the industry. <laughs> Just because, you know, if I'm dating civilian girls, um, it's, it's a big deal for them. It's, you know, it's, it's a big, it's, it's different from a day-to-day -day job. And, you know, whether the person likes you, they might like you in the, the beginning stages of the dating. Uh, but usually after a month or two months, then the jealousy starts to hit. I feel like, and that's that's happened. I would say about four or five partners that I tried to like, you know, have a serious relationship, or I was interested in a serious relationship with outside of the porn industry. So um, that's a huge misconception too. Is that you know, our dating life is, is better than what it was being a civilian? No, it, it made it absolutely worse. <laughs> so those are the two things I would say. Is there an aspect of the adult industry that you do not enjoy? Um, yeah, so, you know, it's, it's a competitive field. Um, I'm only 15 months in, but when I'm not getting work, it's, there's a lot of self-doubt. You know, you're thinking, you know, some of the questions you ask yourself is, what's wrong with me? Do you not like, you know, how I look or how I perform? Um, just negativity that will pop up, you know, if you don't get a scene or a booking um, for for a long time. So um, that's probably the worst part about being in porn is when you don't get booked, start having crazy thoughts. So, In your opinion, as a performer that's now on the mainstream side of the industry over the past 15 months or so, would you say that there's competition amongst performers in the business? Is there a competition? Do you feel like, whether you're competing or not, do you feel like maybe other performers are competing with you? What's your take on competition in the business? Oh, yeah. I feel like it's a really competitive field. Um, I think with porn, ultimately, you know, specifically for being a male talent is, um, is endurance and, and being able to be emotionally prepared for it when you're not getting booked, and obviously physically prepared, you know, prepared for it, working out, diet, vitamins I have mentioned before. Um, but it's, it's all about just being able to stay in the industry and seeing this long term. If you're not so sure about doing it or you even have a 1% doubt in yourself prior to joining, it is not a recommended field um, that I would recommend for anyone. Um, so you have to be 150% sure once you're in, you know, your face is out. You got to be sure that it's, you know, even before you show your face for the first time, you definitely have to know, hey, this is forever. Um, it's not something that you want to just stop and then back out. You know, it's easier for girls, you know, to, um, to get more work versus guys. Um, but I would say... For the guys, it, you just have to be able to endure, you know, the pain that, you know, not getting booked for, for a while and also just knowing the fact that you have to be in it for the long run. Um, and it's rewarding, too. The pain doesn't, isn't as bad, you know, when you get that text from your agent um, asking if you're, you're interested in taking this scene for whoever it might be. So um, is it worth it? I think it's worth it. So it's definitely worth it or I wouldn't be here. So. As a performer of Asian descent, 
in the adult industry, have you ever experienced any racism, discrimination, or microaggressions directed at you? Uh, you know what? That's, that's funny. I have not. I've, everyone on set's been really nice. Um, all the female talents have been really excited to work with me. Because like you had mentioned, there's not many Asians in this field. I mean, it's, it's just me, Leo, and David Lee. Um, David Lee out in Vegas and Leo, Leo Bice out in L.A. Um, there's, there's not a lot of uh, hate in, you know, in the industry. And like I had mentioned, it's, it's more of a family feeling when you're on set. Um, everyone kind of works together with one goal of creating a, a gangster you know, scene for the viewer. But um, no, racism, no. Um, female talent wanting to work with me, you know, we, we, we get asked before we take the booking if, if uh, X, Y, and Z wants to work with, you know, X, Y, and Z. So you have the opportunity to do your homework and look up that person and look at their content, look at whatever videos are in on Pornhub before you make the decision of, hey, yeah, I want to do this scene for this company with that person, right? So it's not like you're showing up on set and the person really doesn't like you. They probably wouldn't have taken the scene if they didn't like you. So um, in terms of, like, discrimination, racism, no, it's, it's been really nice and friendly. I can't think of one instance where, you know, I, honestly, I, I haven't even had anyone mention the fact that I was Asian on set, <laughs> you know, unless, like, after I'm done fucking the female talent and we're comfortable and she's like, oh, you know what, I, it's, it's crazy because I haven't met, you know, I haven't met an Asian person that fucks like you or I've never worked with an Asian uh, male talent, so I'm so happy that this happened, yada, yada. So um, that's, that's usually what happens after a, a, a shoot. Um, with a female talent, it's not, you know, them complaining or them being regretful. It's it's more so them complimenting and being happy and leaving set, you know, really happy and in a positive note. So, um, yeah, no racism whatsoever. Everyone's been pretty cool. So, and, you know, with, with other talents, um, you know, black talents, Hispanic talents, white talents, not only have you ever mentioned that I was Asian, it was, it's fine. Like, it's, it's, it's a normal thing. Um, they never bring it up. I don't talk about it. It's kind of like, hey, it's another porn dude. So <laughs> everyone's been pretty cool so far. Let's talk about AAPI representation in the industry. I feel like for the industry as a whole, especially over the past uh, 20 to 30 years of, of just the industry being in existence, there have always been many more Asian or AAPI women in the industry as performers than men. As you just referenced, I mean, you can name, you know, the, the, the less than a handful of men in the industry that are of AAPI descent. There have always yeah. been way more API women in the business. And and for them, you know, unfortunately, especially, I don't know if it's happened recently, but I know certainly in in the late 90s, early 2000s, you know, um, the fetishization of Asian women was in full effect. You know, they would, yeah. uh, they being the studios would 
you know, dress Asian women up in basically kimonos and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there was like real yeah. extreme fetishization of Asian women in the industry. I feel like I could be wrong. So listeners, if there is, there are studios out there doing it. Um, maybe I just don't know. I feel like that doesn't happen as much, but I just want to get your take as an Asian man in the business. What's your, what are your hopes for more opportunities for other Asian men in the industry? Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, you know, I think it has to do with, like, family values. The reason why there's not a lot of Asian men in the industry is because it's not an easy job, I can tell you that right now, to stay hard for a certain amount of time, um, to be naked on set, to be able to, you know, get hard on command, um, it's just not, it's not an easy thing to do. Um, with that being said, I think there's an expectation for Asian males to, um, to, you know, like I had mentioned, you know, before what I was doing, you know, to be a doctor, to be a lawyer, or to go through some sort of schooling, to have a good profession, you know, get married, have the traditional family, I think that's really important to Asian American males in general in America. So I think that's the main reason why it stops a lot of Asian males from entering the business is because of the family values. Um, I would love to, you know, see more Asian male representation in the industry. It's just I think that's the barrier that's that's holding a lot of the Asian males up. You know, they're pretty much afraid of their parents. They're, they're afraid of what auntie and uncles are going to think, you know, it's, um, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you, you want validation from your family. You want to make sure that what you're doing is good. Um, you're a good person. Um, and you're just doing things to kind of, you know, bring the family name or whatever the case may be, um, to, to make the family name look good. And I think that's what stops a lot of Asian males from going into the adult business is the fact that they're expected, you know, growing up um, to be a certain someone. Um, and they just don't want to fail for their parents, so they do it. They just end up doing it. Um, for me, I can tell you that uh, my family does not like what I do. Um, I went from a, a good career um, to something that I feel like was an even greater career, but it's not the same in their eyes. They just think that, you know, I'm having sex to have sex. Um, I'm doing it for the money. I don't make that much money. Um, but they think I have no soul because of that. Um, but it's just one of those things. I think that's the main thing. Um, that's the reason why there's not a lot of Asian representation. If that's an honest answer for you. <laughs> no, I appreciate the honesty and the candor. I mean, just thinking back to before you were in it before your friend with banana fever was in it before leo vice before david lee was in it i mean there was kenny styles and i feel like he was the only asian man in the business for like maybe his entire run at least you know a top named big named uh, you know multiple award nominated and, and 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 winning asian man in the industry and it was just him so 
I mean, there is progress, because at least it's more than just one name that's in the game right now. It is a shame that the representation isn't there, but what you said and how you expressed it and how you explained it really is, is really good insight for the listeners that might be curious as to why they don't see as many Asian or AAPI men in the business. Yeah, that's a good point. It's, it's, you know, it comes down to them being scared of what their family thinks and, uh, you know, having that feeling that they owe them something. So those are probably the two things. Now let's shift away from the serious stuff. And, uh, well, I guess this, is, this could be serious because it's about your original content. Let's talk about it. Tell me about your OnlyFans and your many vids content. What type of content can the listeners expect to see in regards to the various platforms that you use to release your original content? Yeah, that's a good, that's a very good question. So, um, you know, I have different female talents ranging from MILF um, to, you know, obviously the category of teen, which is 18 and over. Um, uh, I have another one where it's uh, the new popular thing is POG. That's, that's been selling a lot too. I guess they like to see an Asian dude, you know, bang a, a white girl with a big ass, but that's been popular. Um, yeah, I work with black girls. I have more black girls on my own personal content versus what I'm actually booked for. Um, I've only had like two bookings with black female talents, but on my page, I, I believe I have three videos. So one more versus my mainstream stuff <laughs> on my personal content. Um, you can expect solos of me. A lot of my gay fans appreciate the solos. Um, we were talking about cream pies, so the majority of my videos do contain cream pies. Um, if it's not a cream pie, it would probably be a facial. If it's not a facial, it would probably be like pop on the body, pop on the butt. Um, but I try to make it fun. I try to keep it light. Um, I try to keep it where, you know, whether I play the alpha or the beta, uh, or someone that gets tricked. So, for example, you know, the last the last uh, three videos, they've been doing really well for me. I named it uh, Black Teen Tricks Asian Nerd to Fuck. That's one of them. The second one was MILF Tricks Asian Nerd to Fuck. Um, and another one was uh, Blonde Teen Tricks Asian from Tinder to Fuck. <laughs> or I'll, I'll post, an, uh, post another one up. Um, this one was with a newcomer, Angelica Coralvine, hot white teen fucks big Asian cop for the first time. So either it's the first time or I'm getting tricked or, you know, it's the first Asian, uh, whatever the case may be. I named another one. Um, I did some race play, um, thick white slut obeys Asian. That was the name of it. Um, thick white slut obeys big Asian cock. That's another one. Uh, Petite Slim Team begs for Asian dick. I don't know. I try to make it fun. So that's what they can expect. A little bit of variety from the female talents and variety of pop shots. Um, it's, it's not, I'm not really into the storyline as much as I have a couple in there with the storyline, but I think what the viewers really want to see nowadays is a sucking and fucking. So I'm giving them, you know, an average of, 25 to 50 minutes per video. It just depends on how long I can last that day. I, I definitely, when I shoot my own personal content, 
I like to make it really lengthy. Um, and I don't charge that much for my for my content. I just try to make it where everyone can afford it. It's not I'm not trying to make a million dollars off of this. I just want to be able to put some cool content out there where the viewer watches it, they relax, they masturbate, they feel good, and they don't have to spend that much money. I just want them to be able to enjoy it and not have to worry about that aspect. So, I have a follow-up for you because I'm curious to ask your POV on this. In the year 2023, race play can be a little bit controversial. So I want to get your take on you incorporating some of those themes in some of your original content. How far do you go? Do you personally have you know, a line that you don't cross? Do you like to tiptoe close to the line? Your take on incorporating race play elements into some yeah, of your Yeah, so you're absolutely content. right. It's, it's a definitely a, a sensitive subject. Um, but the thing is, you know, like you had mentioned too, there's not many Asian talents. So I feel like the stuff that I post, everything will be okay because it's like, hey, at least this Asian dude is posting it. Because if you don't get him to post it, then nobody else is going to post it, right? So um, I, I feel like whatever I post, I kind of push the line further and further, but it seems like everyone's okay with it. Um, but the first thing that I do before the race play scene even happens, I actually only do it when the female talent requests me to do it. So if it's someone that's showing up just to shoot content and they're expecting to fucking suck me, I'm not going to put the race play in because that's a whole other category. That's like they don't want to risk being canceled, right? So, like, someone that I shot the race play scene with was uh, Indigo Dances. Um, she, she was like, hey, you know, I don't know if you're – she talked to me about it. She was like, hey, you know, I don't know if you're into, like, race play, but maybe we can, you know, play a scene where I'm, like, really submissive to you and we're just talking about, like, you being Asian and, like, oh, I love this big Asian dick inside of me. And you can hear all the, the dialogue in, in the content, you know, that we made in that specific. We made two videos. Um, we made two videos for the race play. One was a bedroom scene and one was a living room scene. But basically it was a really aggressive scene um, with Indigo Dances, another performer, female talent. Uh, she's known for, you know, having really aggressive scenes. So if I know the female talent's already working in that kind of realm of aggressive scenes, then I'm okay to do it. I'm all for it. But if it's someone that's innocent, just joined the industry, you know, she's a little younger, probably not. I'm probably not even going to bring it up. It's probably going to be a standard, you know, fuck, suck, and pop scene for 40, 50 minutes, whatever the case may be. But for the race play in particular, um, it's typically when the talent asks me to do it. So, And I'm not too crazy about it. Um, I only have about three scenes right now that do have some sort of race play going on. Um, but it's, you know, out of all the videos that I've made, it's, it's a very small category. It's just have it there to have it, you know, for the viewers that really enjoy that kind of stuff. So, um, but as far as I take it, I mean, it's, it's slapping, spitting, um, pulling the hair, you know, the aggressive banging, the thrusting, Obviously, the dialogue, that's probably what makes it the, the race play, the dialogue, and what the female talent is saying in the scene. So, How often do you update your original content? Like, how often do you release uh, content on your OnlyFans and many vids? Yeah, so uh, as of, um, I've had my OnlyFans for about only 10 months now. 
Um, and I just recently, you know, I checked the, the percentage of my ranking. I didn't really pay attention to that, but I'm at the top 12%. I think that's pretty good for 10 months in, just from having OnlyFans and creating my own content. So I've been shooting like three or four videos a week with new talents. Um, but I typically have a you know four or five day window where after I'm done with the scene, I'll be done with the editing and I can actually publish the scene. So they could probably expect about two to three right now. Um, for the for this month, I was really busy. Last month, I was really busy um, shooting some some of my own personal content, and and it just depends on the mainstream stuff, right? So. Um, you know, if I get a mainstream booking, that's going to be my priority, and then I kind of work around to fill in the void with the content that I make on my own. But they can expect two to three on a weekly basis um, with me and a female talent. Uh, with the solos, probably about once a month, I would say. I like to release a solo. Um, I enjoy having a partner more so than I, I do doing solos. So that's why I make more content with females versus solo right now, but that's what they can expect. What type of content do you plan on adding in the future? Is there anything that you currently aren't doing? Any scene types that you aren't doing? Yeah, that, so uh, mm -hmm. like I had mentioned, I've, I've only been doing the content creation for about 10 months now, and a lot of the female talent have been noticing um, you know, my content, so it's picking up. But I've, I want more threesomes, and I have one scheduled for June 10th or 11th on my calendar. I don't want to say with who because I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> but I would like to have more individuals in the scene. I've only done one orgy scene. I'm down to do more orgy scenes, uh, more group scenes, um, just to have more people involved in the scene. And it's not necessarily for you know more sales. It's just to have more of a variety for the fans. It's, you know, I have one with MILF, I have a couple with, uh, you know, teens, um, just all the, all the types of female talents that I mentioned prior to that. I just want to have a good variety in there. And I think more individuals in the scene, threesomes, foursomes, orgies, that would make it a lot more interesting. All right. Two ideas for you. Number one, a reverse gangbang with James Bang. And that rhymed. Um, but yes, a reverse gangbang with James Bang. So like you and like at least four, maybe five females. That would be interesting because I feel oh, like you yeah, can I'd handle be down them. For that. Yes. So a, a reverse gangbang with James Bang. That's number one. And okay. the <laughs> the second thing to think about, just because as you referenced, there are so few AAPI men in the game. Some sort of orgy where the three male performers are you, Leo Weiss, and David Lee. You know what? A lot of female performers bring that up, too. That's so funny. That's a common one. <laughs> That's so common, yeah. That's a good one, though. Or, they're, or they'll say something like, oh, yeah, you and David Lee or you and Leo, either or, whoever they have a crush on. So I feel like they have a crush on either or of us or all three of us. One of the three are all three. But I hear that one a lot. Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know. Something unique about James Bang. Um, something quirky. Uh, I mean, I feel like I'm. Uh, I'm a nerd when it comes to like building stuff. Um, 
that's kind of one of my hobbies. I'm actually building my home gym right now in my garage. And I've, I've gotten so deep into that that I've expanded it to one of my guest rooms. So now I have a garage full of gym equipment and now a room full of gym equipment. It's kind of like my mini gym to work out at home. But that's, that's something that's pretty dorky about me. I mean, a lot of the female talents, they, they come over and they see it and, they're, you know, Right away, they're kind of laughing because they, they, they had no idea that I, I did something like that. So um, I guess that's kind of like my introverted side. Describe um, yourself in 10 words or less. Uh, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> let's see. 10 words or less, we'll see. Well, first thing is scrappy, um, easygoing, uh, respectful. I don't know, tasteful, charming. Um, I say charming because I read that from a astrology book about my birthday, March 11th. Um, those are five things that kind of come on the top of my head, if that's okay. <laughs> As we start wrapping things up, I have these uh, pop culture-oriented questions that are designed to allow the listeners and the fans to get to know some of your favorites. The first question in this set is, what are five of your most favorite television shows? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, so that's, the reason why that's a good question is I don't really watch TV. <laughs> so I wouldn't be able to answer that question. Um, well, mean, I'm sure I, you've I, seen I TV in like your life. Simpsons? I don't know. Sort like, of or, uh, overall. Like overall, uh, I mean, The Simpsons. Um, Breaking Bad is a good one. Uh, those are probably my top two. I don't know if I can even name five five shows that I I really enjoyed. Well, that works. Who are four of your all time favorite music artists? Ooh, um, I would probably say. So we're gonna we're gonna go back to maybe the eighties or nineties. Hadaway. The person that did uh, that song, What is Love? What is Love? That's probably one of my favorite songs. Um, let's see. Number two. Let's look through my playlist. Uh, Calvin Harris. He's a newer person. EDM. I'm into EDM a lot. I like a little bit of rap, so YG. Um, and I'll probably just throw Drake in there. I listen to a lot of Drake, too. That's four. Uh, number five, I don't know, Snoop Dogg? That's an easy one. I'm from L.A., right? Yeah, Snoop Dogg. <laughs> what are three of your most favorite films? Ooh, um, so we're going to go back to the Hathaway What is Love song. A Night at the Roxbury is probably my top. That's my favorite movie. Um, the second one is maybe it just has to do with me being Asian, but The Fast and the Furious. <laughs> That's number two. Um, number three, I don't know, Scream. I'll just throw that in there. What are two foods you can't live without? Ooh, so spinach is the first one. Um, I like to get my greens in, and the second one is probably avocado. So spinach and avocado, those are two of the things I eat on a daily. Um, you know, I, I like to have my fiber in, in, in check, so... Those are the two things um, that I eat consistently. So, 
And what is one of your guilty pleasures? Guilty pleasures. Um, what would be an example of a guilty pleasure? I don't know. Just something you feel that's like a bit of an indulgence. You know, maybe. Oh. Yeah. Probably, uh, probably smoking weed. All <laughs> I right. Smoke a lot of weed. So that's something I've been trying to cut down on, but I, I enjoy that. So <laughs> that would probably be my biggest, biggest one. What's next for James Bang? What's coming up in the near future that the listeners and your fans uh, should be excited to uh, hear about? Yeah, so I, I wish I had a, a more, you know, tangible, definitive answer for you, but I'm trying to just get more bookings and, you know, try to get nominated to win some awards. You know, it's, it's a whole journey for porn, and, you know, you have to be able to last and, and be in the industry for a while to get to that level. Um, but that's what I'm striving for is more work, uh, more consistent bookings, and, you know, obviously with the end goal of an opportunity to really display and showcase my moves and my acting, everything kind of put into one package and, you know, have me nominated for a few awards here and there. So you never know. But that's what I'm in it for. The long run, you know, the journey, and uh, hopefully I can win a couple awards on the way. So. We'll be, uh, we'll be having problems later in the future if I'm not nominated after, like, three years. So <laughs> I'm, I'm about a year and a half in right now, so I have a year and a half left um, with my OCM contract. But that's what I aspire to do um, within the time that I have on my contract left. So I love it. It will happen. The power of manifestation, once again, will make it happen. I can see it. Yes, best male newcomer. Hey, thanks, Papi Chula. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate your kind words. So, yes, absolutely. How can your fans reach you? Where can they find you on the web, social media? I know that you mentioned that you have a whole situation with Instagram and what you're posting. So maybe you want to update the listeners on the new IG as well as hook them up with your links on where they can find your original content. Sure. So my Twitter is uh, at JamesBangXXX. So Twitter.com slash JamesBangXXX would actually be the best way to find me because I am shadow banned with all the porn that I post um, on a daily basis. So you want to see a lot of my new previews coming up, um, what's going on down down the road, pictures, um, collabs, all that cool stuff. You can go on my Twitter. Um, for my fans that, you know, want to sub to my OnlyFans for, you know, the, the videos that I had mentioned with, you know, the female talents, you can find me, same thing, OnlyFans.com slash JamesBangXXX. Um, and my Instagram, my fourth one is, I have to pull it up because I don't even know the handle. It's JB underscore official underscore 888. So those are my three platforms. Still working on my Pornhub, uh, my XVID, so that will come out in the near future. Um, and they can find all my primary stuff on my Twitter and my OnlyFans. Do you have a many vids? I do have a many vids. It's the same thing. It's at uh, JamesBangXXX. Perfect. All right. Just wanted to make sure all your links are out there. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, that's a big one, too. Yes. So, uh, all my new content comes out on my OnlyFans and my mini bids only at the moment. So 
still working on the Pornhub, the XBIDs, um, and I will do Eclipse for Sale coming up. Perfect. Well, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you would like to say to your fans and supporters that are tuning in? I love all my fans. Um, keep continuing to support me. It's, it's not an easy journey. I appreciate everything that you've all done for me. Um, you know, I appreciate everyone listening in on this interview. Um, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the fans. You know, I talk about the emotional part of it and um, I talk about, is this worth it? And then when I say yes, it's because of the fans, right? So I want to take the time to, you know, give back to the fans for the follows, for the likes, for the retweets, you know, obviously for the subs, for all the, the fan sites, um, you know, purchasing my content. All these little things add up. And, you know, when I think about all the things that add up, it's definitely worth it the overall end journey, and I'll leave it off at, at that. Well, James, I certainly want to thank you so much for the interview. Hey, thanks for having me, Poppy Chill. I really appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. Uh, we really went in-depth in, in a lot of things, but um, I felt like I learned a lot about myself, too. <laughs> so. I love that, and I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate the candor, and listen, the door is open for more whenever you want to come back to update the listeners on what you've been up to. You have an open invitation. Hey, thanks. I appreciate it. I'll make you a deal. Once I get nominated the first time, I'll come back. How about that? So that way I have something to work towards before I show up again on your show, if that's all right with you. I love the sound of that. It will happen. And also make Perfect. sure the reverse gangbang ends up happening as well. I'm just saying. Okay, we'll do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the other one with uh, Leo and David, right? Exactly. So, there you go. For sure, yeah. Perfect. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning into One on One with Poppy Chulo. Before we go, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Thank you for downloading One on One with Poppy Chulo. Here are a few helpful reminders. For more information on one-on-one -on -one with Poppy Chulo, visit poppychuloradio.com slash after dark. Follow Poppy Chulo on Twitter at twitter.com slash poppychulo one-on-one. That's at poppychulo. The number one. The word on. And the number one. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Follow us on Twitter. Twitter.com slash Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. Back to you. Poppy Chulo. Thanks, announcer. And with that, James Bang, and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Hey, good night, everyone. Thanks for listening in. Appreciate you all. Thanks for listening to One-on-One -on -One with Poppy Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com. 
Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio. And like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with some of the adult industry's most popular male performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week.